Welcome to Fort Dram Goal. The picks are in, the drinks are poured. So grab a glass, put the game on mute, and take a listen. Let's do this. Welcome to Fort Dram and Goal. I'm your boy, Kurt. I've got my partner here, Dick. Say what's up, Dick. What's up, Drammers? It's still the offseason, that downtime, but we're up on everything that we need to be with the draft. We're going to talk about that. We're going to drink some good whiskey, some classics, because Dick dropped the ball on the information for tonight. But we'll get into that later. Before we get into that part, uh, Dick, go ahead and hit him with all the fancy schmancy websites. Stites, that's a good start. Websites and social stuff. Great job there, Kurt. All right. Yeah. So Drammers, um, all the stites that we have are uh, definitely going to be thrown at you right now. So one thing we want to talk to you about is like our need to grow the show. Um, we've actually done a lot of interaction, a little bit of advertising as well for our podcast here lately. And we're great, getting some great feedback based off of those actions. And make sure that you're following us, liking us, subscribing to us on Spotify, YouTube, Apple, Google Podcasts, Audible, CastBox, all that fun stuff. And then don't hesitate to hit us up at fortramandgoal.com, as well as our email, fortramandgoal at gmail.com. But as we always say, the best way to really engage with us is on our Instagram at fortram. That's 4-T-H-D-R-A-M. That's where we have the best following. And I can think you can really see Kurt's uh, personality start to come out as he, uh, you know, puts up I guess it's a Joe Rogan uh, energy drink. I'm not quite sure what that Fantastic Four loco thing you did was, but. So if that's your way of asking me how my fitness journey and goals are going. I'm not sure that energy drinks and I love that transition. No. So a couple of weeks ago, I was texting you that my hardcore hit it in January kind of hit a speed bump. My body was saying, slow the F down. Uh, so I got, I had to get back on that horse again, as you, as you say. Is that because you uh, have a, a bum knee? Two bum knees and a bad bahack. Um, so I was at HEB and I had seen the Kill Cliff, you know, on Facebook, the advertisements every now and then. And I grabbed a yellow one because I, just thought the can was fancy, which usually that's all I need to be sold on. And then I look and there's this figure on there and I'm like, that's Joe Rogan. So sure enough, I grab it thinking it's normal pineapple. Wake up. I've been trying to get up early. As we talked about in the last one, the David Goggins baby steps. Well, getting up early is a huge step for me. Um, And I drank it. And then all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, it's spicy pineapple. Like jalapeno and spicy pineapple? Like, define it. Like, I poured a pineapple soda. I kept a jalapeno in there for maybe two minutes, then took it out. If that, that I think that's very accurate. Um, and yeah, but I, I enjoyed it. I was like, oh, okay. Got a little spice in the morning. So I went and got like four, got through last week, got four more this week. So far, so good. Uh, so yeah, Joe Rogan and Kill Cliff, if you like my posts, hey. We've got some free advertisement here. Let's get our 500 followers, our 300 followers on board for you. It's 385 as of this recording, man. So watch out. So weed. But yeah, that's been going on. What else? What's been going on with you, buddy? So I think a lot of this happened since last time we recorded, right? So we've had a couple uh, holidays, let's say. 
Uh, you had uh, Cinco de Mayo. You had the Kentucky Derby. And then Mother's Day, all in the same weekend. Uh, hell of a back-to-back-to-back. So did you do anything exciting for anything? Uh, those were all great. Mine is the Kentucky Derby, which I didn't. I, I just, whatever you text me, I'm like, cool. Um, the wife's birthday was a fun one. We had a fancy smancy French dinner that was, uh, I, words will not do it justice. We went to the Artisan, downtown Houston, very fine establishment, very friendly staff, had some things, you know, you always want to go challenge yourself. So I was like, the wife has never had escargot, but when I saw the menu, and, and this is controversial, they had foie gras. Foie gras, and I may not even be saying that because it may be foie gras. Do you know what that is? No idea. Okay, so foie gras is very controversial. We actually may lose some followers after this, but it's okay. We can we can get 10 that we lose. Um, like, is it like bull testicles or something? Where are we going? With no. This? Okay, so it was like banned in New York and California. Basically, they take a duck or a goose and they force feed it. Like with a tube down its throat. Oh yeah, now yep. this is ringing a bell. Yep, yep, yep. To like just expand its liver by like ten. So you're not gonna not try that. I mean, if it's on the menu, and then did not tell the wife about this till afterwards, which I shouldn't have told her, but I'm such a nerd. But anyway, delicious beef Wellington, delicious ribeye, delicious, just all all around great. Afterwards, went to the Reserve 101. Got a couple old fashions. They make this pretty, pretty drink that you knew a lot more than I did. A New York sour. Yeah. So it sounds like that is a rye twist on a tequila sour. With egg whites somewhere yep. in there. Egg whites. Yeah. Simple syrup. Uh, throw it all together. Kind of like a mix on a tequila sour and I would say a rye Manhattan. Yeah. So. That was a cool little spot. Had the whole back lounge just to kind of relax. The bar area was very crowded, but crowded, but for good reason. It was good drink. So that was that was a good one. Mother's Day was good. St. Arnold's Brewery can never go wrong there. Dude, those what? are some great pictures of you and the, you and the fam. Thank you. I yeah. try to not get in as many of them because I tend to not look as good as them. But I would say this about your wife. I think she did a good job cleaning you guys up for uh, being presentable on that on that fine occasion. So and she picked awesome places. She wanted a good breakfast from House of Pies, which is no arguments there. And then she wanted a cold beer from St. Arnold's, and I was ready to propose all over again. Uh, <laughs> you know, so overall, good couple of weeks. What about what about you there, buddy? Dude, man, it's been great. Um, you know, like we had a friend come in that was a great time, and then seems like back to back to back stuff going on. Uh, I would say the one thing to call out, um, Cinco de Mayo was kind of uneventful for us, but uh, I actually really enjoyed the Derby, man. My uh, my parents came down. We spent some time together, made some mint juleps for the fam, got nice and choicy on Saturday, and uh, all, all together, like, I used to not like horse racing. Didn't get it, didn't understand it, and I'll be honest, behind the K- Kentucky Derby and the week leading up to it, don't really follow it a whole lot because it really is a rich, white, old man sport. Um, that being said, after during COVID, my wife and I sat around, had some mint juleps a couple of years ago and then last year, and now it's more of a tradition this year. And I think we have landed on the fact that this was the 148th. Our goal is to go to the 150th running 
So in two years, actually go to the Kentucky Derby and wear stupid ass clothes with stupid ass hats and pay a lot of money for overpriced Woodford, Woodford Reserve mint juleps. That's our uh, that's our goal. So I don't know. I don't know how it's going to shake out, but that's that's what I want to do. I mean, I think I said it in last year's episode when we had the derby that my dad told me being in the infield is like one of the greatest experiences, like drinking, partying, enjoying life that you can yeah. have. But I'll, I'll I'll save that information uh, till we get to that segment when we actually talk about results and all that and you get to geek us out. I'll geek out for a little bit. I was glued to the TV and I was texting you. These were like all my heroes on one series that and you hadn't seen it, but the comedy store documentary on Showtime. Holy cow. Like that was just a timeline of awesome events to when it started. Letterman, uh, Kinnison, like all the way Seinfeld. to the guys now. Yes, dude. Oh, my gosh. And then you just see the interviews and the pictures on the wall and the place looks like shit. But it's like the greatest historical marker like in Los Angeles totally need to sit there and watch that if you were a fan of all their podcasts and all their comedy and totally was a little bit of influence for like me like oh okay let's get the you know and then it was a little little sad at times like Bob Saget was on there and then they they had like little tributes to Richard Pryor and all that so check that one out I'll have to check it out I've seen a couple different ones maybe not that one uh, but it makes me think of uh, my wife and I are actually going this Friday. So we'll go before this is released. We're going to go see Bert for the second time uh, here at the, the majestic in San Antonio. Nice. That's such a badass place to see a show like the sugar or the Sugarland arena was awesome when we saw him, but that's just got a little bit more. Yeah. There's a little more history, a little more um, uh, decor. I would say at the majestic, we saw him a couple of years ago there. Um, I think right before COVID hit, and dude, I was just like poking around on Ticketmaster, and Ticketmaster's got his own thing. We know that the prices are going to be expensive there, right? Um, Chris Rock tickets are going on. He's going to be coming through here, I think, in like July or something. Dude, not even front row tickets, like fifteen rows back, still in like the the bottom level. Do you know how much those are going for? Uh, those probably five hundred because I look. He's coming Close. to Houston, also. Yeah, yeah. They were six hundred bucks. 600 bucks not even dead center like off to the side and i was like "Mm, no i can't i can't do it but you gotta ask yourself this question before the whole will smith incident were they going for 600 dollars? no people want to hear the story they want to hear the story those prices are still a slap in the face i don't know oh yeah complete like like 150 for like bottom row is like most i'm paying as that joke goes over dick's head oh no i got it it. i was just letting you kind of reminisce it in the face yeah. You know, like Will Smith when he walked on. Oh, uh, oh no, I yeah. got it the first time. It just wasn't that funny. Yeah, no. Cool. Yeah, but you get it. Anyway, all right, let's get to what we don't do best. And that's talking about the alcoholic drinks that we have in our containers today. We can. What do you have? Well. Your Glencidden, my friend. So I'm, I'm taking a page out of your book, man. I got a little Maker's Mark cast strength. It's one of your hometown favorites. I don't know. I said hometown favorites, but it's one of your favorites. And this one is batch 21. I am from Kentucky. Oh, I forgot that. Yeah. Now I'm from Kentucky. Now? (laughs) Uh, Batch 21-06. This one comes in at 110.8 proof. And uh, it's one of those things that I saw it. I thought of you. There's only two bottles left. And I was like, you know what? I haven't had that in a while. Let me grab it. And uh, and 
you can't see it quite right now, but this is this is a very a very good dip bottle, and I am a sucker for a you know a heavy dipped makers a slam dunk if you will. Uh, so that was that was always an indicator that yeah that's probably the right bottle for me. I will tell you though before we get into reviewing this, threw me off. If you've ever had a bottle of makers, you understand like it's red wax. You get the little tab at the top, you pull that off, and I was looking for this dramatic pop. No, it's a screw top. It's screw top. Like it, it threw me off, and it has thrown me off every time I've opened this bottle up thereafter. So. Is that normal with all makers, or am I just remembering, misremembering a pop top? Like a the, cast, the cast strength is the cast strength of screw top. Mm-hmm. It's the one bottle because it's a different bottle. Interesting. That kind of takes away from the. And then it used to be like it used to be a smaller bottle, longer neck when it like a couple of years ago. Still, still very good. But uh, anyway, so Dick totally screwed me. Because he was like, we're going to do a Cinco de Mayo well, episode. we were going to record on Cinco de Mayo, so I didn't really screw uh, As if our episodes, they're released a couple days, still in the, you know, I can celebrate Cinco de Mayo every day, first off. I have that right. Um, And he's like, tequila, tequila. How's that song go? Tequila. Tequila! When I drink tequila. You know, the one where he's like, deaf at the beginning of the music video and then they go to the cabinet dan and shay sure Correct? i was thinking of the dun 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 hmm. um anyway so i'm like tequila and he's like bourbon and i'm like neither depending on your controversy or not whatever uh i have a 375 milliliter plastic bottle of jack daniels number seven the uh, tennessee sour mash whiskey uh from jack Daniel's Distillery in Lynchburg, Tennessee. Have you heard of it? You know, good news is I don't think we've ever reviewed that one before. I don't think we have either. So, Dick, um, yeah, I had to do a project on the computer the other day. I tend to enjoy a fine glass, and I wanted to go to the store, and I had like 10 minutes till closing, as I always do. And there was my friend behind the counter for 13 bucks. uh, So I grabbed it, and now I'm drinking it now. And since I don't have anything else that's new that I haven't reviewed, uh, yeah, we're going to go with that for tonight, buddy. Hey, we always say we are the every guy and every gal whiskey reviewer, right? So yes. I don't see that there's anything wrong with that. These are two very achievable, very grabbable bottles. And we are that's what makes us a little bit different. We're not the podcast that's going to give you the rundown and the mash bill and what it takes to create every whiskey that we've ever done. We like to do we've a little bit literally- of history done that multiple times yeah but it's more like a special occasion like we like to bullshit but um i do have to talk well we'll get into that a little bit but uh, okay second ram let's let's do that let's get in the second ram man i have a plastic bottle today so that ding will not be coming from me all right so second dram we're gonna get into some headlines there's some things that me and dick have been texting back and forth about this is where we get to talk about them get to dive a little bit deeper into them because usually we don't give a shit after about 10 seconds of texting something and we move on to the next thing. It's very all over the place, our texting. Yeah, it's uh, typically how can I find a good way to make you feel bad about your team and or insult you? Or like there's a new story out within like the conversation of the last sports story. So we're done with it and it, it's it gets there. So I love our text conversations. They're very fulfilling for me. Thank you. 
they're they're not very productive though when it comes to ending a conversation or making no, no, a no. decision. But I will let you have the floor because I think this is one of those that I think you texted, and I may not have given like paid it any attention whatsoever because it was already a thing. But the floor is yours, sir. Well, it was like one of those Twitter. It was a Twitter post by Brady, and it was a TikTok video where they say, "Tell me a secret," and Brady did like the tuck uh, the tuck. And Brady basically said that the tuck rule could have actually been a fumble, which I was like, see, because if you know me, if you've listened to our podcast before, anytime Brady comes up, I have this love-hate relationship with the man. It's always been a fumble. The Raiders should have won that game, which you wouldn't have the Brady legend if they did, but Rich Gannon deserved his shot, and he deserved his shot at a ring, and he didn't get it because of a bullshit call. And Brady finally admitted it. So I feel a little bit vindicated here as an individual. But, uh, yeah, that was fun. Okay, so this is where I guess I will chime into this. First off, 90% of the world, except everyone from Boston, knew that that was a fumble. Okay? Thus a rule in place. Uh, Second, don't give me that Rich Gannon crap. Rich Gannon had a chance, like, was it the year after when they went to Tampa Bay? No, he did. You're right. <laughs> and their coach poo-pooed the bed and changed, like, the whole offensive scheme the wait, week before. Wait. You're talking so, about his name, who he who shall not be named, who went from the Raiders to Tampa, and then they faced – it was the – what's his name, Bull, that we're not going to talk about? Yeah, yeah, but I'm not even talking about him. I'm talking about the Raiders coach who dropped the ball, like – was it Bill Callahan? Yeah. Yeah. He like changed the offensive scheme. It's Bill Callahan. What do you expect to happen? But like to the point to where one of the offensive linemen went crazy and disappeared the day of the Super Bowl, like to Mexico. Yeah. And then I will, like, I will Tim, leave it to you on that one. Yeah. Yeah. And then Tim Brown came out a couple years later and was like, he did that on purpose to suffice Mr. Coach that we will not say. Like, it was a big thing. Like, it was like that week of or the day of, like, oh, you know what? That offense that we've <laughs> ran all year, nah, it's okay. Let's try this one. And uh, as you can remember from that game, not being so memorable, other than the fact that, like, Jerry Rice, I think, was on the Raiders. That was kind of cool. And Derek Didn't Brooks Derek, having Derek a hell Brooks, of a game. Derek Brooks had, like, a pick six, didn't he, or something? Yeah. Yeah. And then, he won MVP you know, that year. And then that coach on the sideline that we will not say going, yeah, 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 yeah. And then he do- Mercil- have a mercilessly snapping everybody. Yeah. yeah. As long as he wasn't emailing anybody. But uh all right. So are we done? The it was a fumble. It was a fumble. But okay. I think I think honestly the real Brady news that came out recently or today was the 307. Brady does not fumble the ball is when it comes to his business. Like, holy cow. Didn't we talk about Romo getting like 160 million or something like that contract a while back? It was something mm. stupid. Once again, like this is this is Tom Brady. I mean, is he automatically? I know the social media, he's on point. I mean, his social media is awesome and his interviews are great. Do you have any doubt that he won't transition well into the booth, or is it just a given that he's going to be fantastic? don't know that there's any question whether he'll be fantastic to watch 
I think you have to ask yourself this question is whether or not he's going to, you know, fit with the crew, if you will. Like, I don't have a problem giving Tony Romo $160 million or whatever it was because you've let him run a couple years and he, you know what he, how he kind of interacts, you see what he calls out. But I haven't had a whole lot of like Brady video to watch of him breaking down a play-by-play and interacting and giving, you know, insightful details and, and isms, if you will. The one thing that worries me about Brady is he's so damn competitive. Like, I can picture him like, God damn it, that's not how you do it. And him like leaving the booth and going down to the field and saying, just give me the damn huddle. Like, he's- No, you're, you're right. You're, I mean, that's I what know. I'm saying. Like you knew Romo was done and Romo gives like, he has a flair to him. He's, he's a better announcer than he ever was a football player. I think we can all agree on that, but Brady is Brady to your point is he's Brady. Like, can you picture him like looking over at like Al Michaels and be like, just shut the fuck up. Al. That's what I'm saying. Like I've got this and it's, I don't know. You can have, you can have the best quarterback on the field, but if none of his team likes him, or you can have the best analysts in a room, but if he doesn't get along with his team or think about any work situation, right? You could be the best one at something, but if you don't vibe or work well with others, that's a risk, man. It's a risk. I don't know. I think there's a little difference between being in the booth and being like, I don't know, the guys in the mail room or something from Elf. There's going to be some differences there in how things are handled. I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) Anyway, so enough about Brady as if he doesn't get enough damn attention. He gets more attention from us than he gives his own kids. So let's move on to the next thing. Giselle's listening. Watch out. All right. So NBA playoffs, man. Admittedly, that has not been my top priority. Um, What have you and your thoughts like so far? Have you been watching a lot? Do you have any hot takes? Uh, I have not been watching a lot, but every time I do chime in, and there's like a universal like consensus right now, the foul calling is just bad it is so soft and i'm not talking about like when (laughs) like peyton the third's elbow got shattered like that was okay that was an ejection but there's been like i just chimed into the end boston just blew it to the bucks right now uh great comeback from the bucks but like there was like two fouls at the end on both on both teams that i'm like like ticky tacky really like y'all are literally like just don't even go for the basket. Go for the foul. Like, it was that bad. So there has there have been some complaints. I think Chuck's made a couple jokes. Uh, but eh, what other game was I watching a couple weeks ago? I don't know. Just refing, and then even, even some of the basketball refing in the tournament was has just getting soft, soft, soft. Um, other than that, I think the teams there are there that were expected. Teams look like it's – you know, close series, but I think teams in the Eastern Conference and Western Conference Finals are going to be no surprises there. Uh, so, yeah, I'll keep watching, and I'll get glued when it's the finals or something. So I got to ask you, dude, like I sent you a little clip of J.J. Reddick's reaction to some comments that were made about Draymond. And you know I'm not a big fan of Draymond, right? And so I, I think I think it kind of swayed me a little bit because it gave me a fresh perspective, but – well, essentially, people were getting mad at Draymond for talking too much. Basically, just say, shut up and play basketball. That's what I got out of it. And JJ stepped up and basically said, like, no, he should be able to talk. We should listen to him. 
He's one of the star players in the NBA, and the problem is the old fans that don't want to hear the NBA, the players talk. They just want them to shut up and play basketball. What were your thoughts when I sent you that? Uh, so I won't get too political, but and you say you're not a Draymond guy. I uh, I am a I hate Draymond like because of like he's that guy on the court, like that's, he's that villain dude. Yes, but I've always been like you can't deny the hustle. Like he's a hell of a player, a hell of a player. And then JJ even more. I, I hated him when he was at Duke. I'll say I love JJ. I've always loved JJ. Uh, but they're both. I mean, JJ was. I have no problems with what he said. I I think he speaks for a lot of the common viewer now. Uh, I've never agreed with the shut up and dribble crowd, no matter the age, because you're you know it's like if you want to say shut up and dribble, then you shut up, dribble until you're the greatest basketball player in the world, and you have a platform to use your voice for things like oh I don't know charities, the schools they've put together, the work they've done, and the the, the models that they've been. But, you know, I have nothing wrong with what J.J. said. I think it, if I'm correct, is it Mad Dog? Is that who's with Stephen A.? Yeah, that sounds right. Maybe. Um, but, no, I don't have anything wrong with what he said. I think he was speaking his mind, and he made good points. He talked about Draymond in a, in a podcast. Like, those two things alone, those are what – that's like – that's us. That's the younger generation, younger than us. So, I mean, nothing wrong with J.J. Um, but you, are you okay? Me? I'm well, great. You're gonna have you're gonna have to buy tickets to see the Austin Spurs next oh, year, shut right? The fuck up. Right, it's like it's after, a few right? games. I don't want to hear anything. All right, uh-huh. no, I'm not okay. Uh-huh. I mean, remember how they were talking about Vegas a couple years before the Raiders move? You know, just to kind of get the feeling around. And dude, I I can picture it. He's on the sideline. He's going all right, all right, all right. We're going to put that Austin Capital in the new updated logo. The tacos aren't going to be as good. I oh, Austin Spurs, baby. Are you, are you done? I know you're contemplating it. Well, no, I, I mean, I, I can't I can't sit there and say it's not a concern. It's always a concern, right? I mean, Houston had a team ripped out of their hands once already. Who said it can't happen again? Um the Spurs, it's a, it's always going to be this market, right? It's always a B-level market. Um, San Antonio loves them, but they don't get the national attention, especially when we're not winning. Uh, but I have to go back to Holt. Gave him by his word. I mean, there's nothing else you can do. You have to really believe the fact that we've been here since 1967. and That was take... a beautiful letter, right, that was released? It, it, yeah. I mean, he beautiful. had to say it. Like not overdoing it, like he's like really paranoid that people are gonna really calm calm down. And then you've got Elon, who's probably asking how much it is to buy the team right now. (laughs) Uh, That's okay. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, there are Elon. If Elon, if Elon and Joe Rogan want to go in, go in together and buy the Spurs and move them, I'm not gonna be mad. Like that's that's whatever. I would feel. I think the entire city of San Antonio would revolt against the whole family and everything they everything else they own um but i mean this is absolutely not a thing this will not happen i just had to but I'm think about this like them. well here throw it this way like like austin's blown up we all know that right but on the flip side austin's blown up that means land is stupid effing expensive and if you've been to austin lately they don't have an arena for this 
They'd have to build a new freaking arena. They just built the arena. That where? was that was part of the where UT's playing now. The new arena that Matthew McConaughey had that That's college arena. arena. Like he was okay. Well, let's be honest here. It's how, not the AT and T Center. How, how big is that one? Like the AT and T Center. It's thirty five thousand, I believe. Eh, maybe I don't know, but yeah, there was a cringeworthy video out there of like McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. Uh, trying to pump up like the UT crowd to get them hooked on the new arena. Oh, you just saw the pictures of it online. Oh, no, I just I looked at the AT&T. It's 18,581. So it's not nearly oh, as big man. as I thought it was. Okay, so look up new UT basketball arena seating. And then my conspiracy theory will really start taking shape. And I'm going to be hounding you for it for the next two years until they become the Austin Spurs. All right, so it's 15,000. So oh, okay, well, just as big, if not smaller. Okay, well, just saying, sleep well, my friend. I will. I'll be right. Oh, the ghost of David Robinson is walking around the Alamo still, Dome right still now. alive. Well, you let me finish his jersey, you know. Anyway, all right. Uh, well, you want to get into your Kentucky Derby spiel? Yeah, man, I, I think uh, this is worth stating here. If you've listened to us before, um, Kentucky Derby, if you watched it. Probably don't have a huge derby following, but I really enjoy it. It's a good excuse to drink all day and basically drink for six hours to watch one race. That's what you do. And when is that never not a fun time? Um, Rich Strike won 80 to 1 odds. I think I think I'm going to just start betting on horse races now, just putting 10, 20 bucks down on the lowest odds. Like, why not? And then this is the cool part. This horse was actually bred at Calumet Farms, which if you go back to episode 27, I talk about Brad Kelly, the owner of Calumet Farms, and his direct ties to what two whiskeys? Uh, What is Calumet? That is correct. 50% credit to you. And the other half is Sam Houston. So the, the, the circle has come... Full circle, if you will. The moon is full. Uh, the eclipse is nigh. We called it. We knew that our bourbon drinking days would leave us to some sort of um, prophecy, and we just didn't capitalize it, unfortunately. But if you're our listeners and you did, we expect a 50-50 split on that. So just uh, Venmo, Cash App, Fourth Ram. Uh, we'll make sure to, to confirm that we got it. Okay. Uh, I can chime in with two things. I heard it was an epic comeback. Uh, something about there was a video circulating of how far he came from behind. Is that correct? Dude. Yeah. Like this horse started in the back of the pack. He's probably like the camera. The first kid. corner came around the first corner. He's like second or third. He wasn't Toby McGuire back in like, the pack. Yeah, sure. Okay. We got to go. When he hit it, when he was coming like in finishing, I've never seen a horse and I'm not an expert horse. Race watcher. When he goes, see you later. Yeah, but he was he was still gaining as they crossed the finish line. Like th- that horse was just so much faster than the other ones in the last stretch. And the last hundred yards were insane. But uh, dude, I gotta get it. Like if I had it, like Brad Kelly's worth two point seven billion dollars. If I had two point seven billion dollars, I'd probably have a yacht or two, and I'd probably be sp- buying some, you know, twenty million dollar, hundred million dollar horses and seeing. Ah, eh, fuck it, let's see what happens. 
So he had one horsepower, right? Is that how that works? Um, actually, a horsepower is a direct representation of how many horses can lift a hundred pounds for over a hundred feet. How fast that is off of a pulley. So um, he was one horse. He was one horse. He's actually negative horsepower because he had a man on top of him. A very small man, but a man. <laughs> Usually is a negative. Okay. Uh, so, and then the second thing was I saw some like video, some, you were saying old people. I don't know. I think like everything else, whiskey used to be an old person's thing. You know, there's a lot of things going on. Uh, horse betting may be it because they showed a video of some college kid who slapped like $3 on the table and walked out of there with $258, which to a college kid, most epic bet ever. First off, he's going to the first bar he can in what? Where's the Kentucky Derby? Louisville? Um, Churchill Downs, which is in Louisville. So he's going to the first bar, probably goes to Louisville, going to a Louisville bar. He's going to spend all that within a minute because he's going to be so pumped. But if he was smart, you know, that's a couple dollar nights that would get him through two or three weeks. But as we know, he's on cloud nine. He's probably going to have some drinks bought for him. That is the good thing he has going for him. He's probably going to get a lady or two. This is me on my viral video. They're going to make bad decisions. Totally regret it because they realized that it was only $258. But I'm not going to set this guy's life for him in motion. I'm just going to say what I need to say and move on. Nose of our glass. Oak, peanuts, bubble gum. Honey. I'm not going to take honey back. It's more of like a syrupy molasses situation. I think this is the one where you say like Coke syrup. If I go back to that, it is. It's so like cherry oh, cola syrup. Yeah, I I see it. Like it's it's viscous. It's pleasing. This could be one of my favorite bourbon candles. Solid A. I like it. I'm getting Sinatra, Dean Martin. It's a lot of must. Lots of mistakes. Jack, Jack Daniels does taste like, or actually uh, smells like college. <laughs> it, yeah. Smells like a lot of cheap bar rooms. Um, Sounds now, like smells like two hundred fifty eight dollars worth of mistakes. You know, Jack Daniels is one of those pretty consistent. You can easily identify it, but it's always that little toasted oak with peanuts. I'm actually getting a little tiny hint, tiny tiny hint of like toasted cherry, which I've called out before on others. But that peanuts is so. Do you not get the charcoal anymore? Like that light, airy, sweet charcoal? Here comes your Kurt weird specific thing. You got the barbecue pit going. You got the charcoal and the wood chips kind of going together a little bit. Getting a little bit of that, but that cherry is actually sticking up more today, which there's nothing wrong with that at all. Now, the problem with Jack Daniels, like I think Jim Bean, too, 
the problem is when you finish the glass and you don't clean it and you just let it sit there and it just has that stank layer like caked on it. That's oh, yeah. When you don't... <laughs> the, the brown dot at the bottom. Yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. like these ones leave like a good little layer. That's when you're not a fan. But uh, B, a good old B. If you take the memories, if you take the times we've spent together and the classic smell of Jack Daniels that's given millions of men courage throughout the year, it is a solid B. All that has to go into making it a B. Okay, gotcha. All right. No, 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 no. With that, it would be an A+. Plus. Okay. You take the, you've got to take the emotional aspect out of it, and it's a B. Dude, I don't think you can ever take the emotion out of whiskey, but fair point. Okay. Let's get into third dram then. All right. So let's get into third dram. The meat and potatoes of tonight's show. The draft happened about a week and a half ago, uh, but it's still the offseason. Still nothing major. The trades kind of settled down. The last big one, A.J. Brown that night from the Titans to the Eagles. Don't got to say too much about that one. Obviously, a big win for the Eagles. Big loss for the Titans. Yeah, Tannehill had loss. some things to say about it. He also had some things to say about uh, Malik Willis in that draft, but we'll talk about that when we get to the fourth ram. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't think he had a lot to say there. Mm, he had something to say. Uh, but, yeah, let's talk about the winners, who we thought had a good draft, and we'll take it from there. Right on, Kurt. So I want to get your perspective first. Who do you think was your number one winner? Honestly, I think it was a New York night. I mean, everyone has said it. I'm con- like the Giants and the Jets had a great draft, foundational, exciting. Thibodeau, I, I said it before. I really, he was the guy. And then even seeing him get picked by the Giants, I was like, oh crap. I hope the Texans aren't regretting that. I mean, he just looked pumped. He's looking good in that giant blue. And then the O lineman, Neil, I mean, that dude's just a beast. So those were two great pickups to start for them, and it it pains me to say it, but yeah, the Giants had a hell of a draft. Now, it's interesting for the Jets because, to me, they're going to be connected to the Texans for the next couple of years. They took Sauce, which I had texted you. I really, really wanted him. Okay? Texans pass on him. They take Sauce at four. Sauce is starting now. He's going to be a game changer now. There's no... There's no, let's see, let's let him build. He's going to go out there and he's going to cover. Uh, They got the wide receiver, Wilson, as their next pick. One of those big wide receiver names out there. Zach Wilson's going to enjoy that. Throw the ball up there. Go get it. Uh, They got the edge rusher, Johnson, at the end from Florida State. Steal in the first round. He was the biggest, like, well, other than the quarterbacks. Uh, Why did he drop so far? And then the one that I, they snuck in there, and I will never know. Of course, they may never say unless they're Jerry Jones at the podium holding the paper up. Uh, they went in and took Brees Hall right before the Texans, and I was really looking forward to that. Texans made it up a little bit as the draft went on, but that was a sneaky way to get right in there and take them. So with the sauce and the hall, I'll be watching them closely to see like what did the Texans possibly miss out on. And then Hamilton. Slipped all the way, and he's another one that the Texans could have taken, but they decided to make a trade 
So the Ravens got in there at 14 and took Hamilton, which is going to be a huge jersey seller. He's going to go perfect with that defense, and I don't know if there's a better fit in the first round other than that. I I remember when we were watching it live, and we were texting each other, and you're like, what? What? (laughs) Why did you trade it? (laughs) But, I I mean, yeah. They got they got something for it, so it's not. It, we'll get to the Texans later, but I, I knew you at the moment. You were like, "What?" And th- this is the time that I will wave the white flag. I will admit defeat. Uh, you did call it that the quarterbacks were going to drop, including the one who I thought like the pot was hot. People were all excited. I thought he was going to be top talk. ten for sure. And it did turn out to be all talk. So I, I will say, Dick, you did you did edge me on that one. It was not a quarterback. You know, I thought teams were gonna get quarterback hungry as always, but no, teams stuck to their guns, man, and they just held off. And it was like, who's gonna take the next guy after Pickett? And teams weren't bluffing. I mean, it was it was a defensive like slugfest. What do you want to call it? It was a defensive route in the first uh the first round. The one thing I had a problem with, I agree with your Giants, I agree with the Jets. I'll, I'm going to poke at the Ravens a little bit. If we talk about the Ravens being a winner, they took a lot of defense. And who the hell is Lamar Jackson supposed to throw the ball to? Andrews on every play? Hollywood Brown's gone. Yeah, that was, was that a, was that a, a draft day trade? I think yeah, so. Yeah, it was right before. It was right before. So that was, that was another one for, that was but, the last... But I saw a couple of memes, and it's like Lamar Jackson sitting there going, does anybody ask me anything? I, it feels very similar to the Aaron Rodgers situation, right? Who are you guys going to give me to throw the ball to? Sure, I re-up, but you're just letting everybody and their mother leave me, and then you're not backfilling me, buddy. I, I get uh... the Ravens are a defensive team. They won a championship with a whole defense and, like, no offense. But – he needs someone to throw the ball to. Otherwise, I'm just going to draft this year uh, Lamar Jackson in our fantasy draft, but I'm just going to stick him in my halfback position and or one of my running back positions or a flex, and I'm just going to get his, his yardage. Like, that's all I need from him because he's going to have a 2,500-yard season. Yeah, uh, I, and then there was one of those, you know, Facebook suggested for you, maybe Lamar Jackson knew about that, possibly from – Hollywood that said he may have known from it. I don't know. I didn't read the article. Wasn't going for the clickbait, but yeah, good point. Um, so yeah, I guess you're saying that the Ravens would be a loser of the draft. I'm not saying that. I think the Ravens did the right thing in restacking their O line and focusing on defense, but they need to make some trades. Like something's mm-hmm. got to happen. They need to find Hollywood Brown was a, was, a, was a diamond in the rough, and they they cultivated him and found him, and that's great. See, but, I don't know. I, I don't know if he produ- like produced a not like obviously not enough for them to keep him. I think they were. I think they were. It was questionable enough for where they made the trade. Um, they need to find a Chase Claypool. Like some find some dude. They're like, oh, it's okay. Yeah, anybody would take a Chase Claypool if they could. Um, any other picks in the first round or overall that you really got you excited for? Pick it. Pittsburgh, anything you think he's perfect for that fit? Because I honestly, I think he may work out there. He may, he may work out. I don't think that you're ever gonna get me excited by Pickett. Is it the gloves? Is it the tiny hands? 
it's the and the only reason anybody knows his name is because of a fake slide. I, I, I just I picture the guy from like scary movie reaching down to pick a fallen teammate up, and it's that little hand to no. Okay. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I, I I think the winner is Aiden Hutchinson. I mean, how can you not say number one pick? You know, projected number one pick. He didn't draft. He didn't do anything to lose that spot. He's staying home. Um, I I don't know long term if he even stays with the Lions or if they try to draft him or tried to trade him for, I don't know, like a decent quarterback or something. But ten years from now, after yeah. he's given his whole career, yeah, 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 you know, but he'll maybe win a championship when he's thirty four. Um, but I think he'll get one eventually. <laughs> it's like Jacksonville or Detroit. Mm, I guess I'll stay home. <laughs> Stay in that cold weather. <laughs> decisions, decisions. Um, in all honesty, I mean, really, who, the one winner we can say out of all of this, whoever got drafted um, in the latest round to the Super Bowl winning team and makes the roster, that's the winner of the draft every year, right? True. Uh, the Chiefs had a pretty good draft. But anyway, uh, before we get into losers, which let me throw this as my, you know, warning label and others have said this draft grades are very tricky uh you're literally like predicting how this person's gonna do and this whole set's gonna do uh so yeah these could mean absolutely crap uh or they could be spot on i i do think the giants and jets did put like Thibodeau's that one guy where it's like could he be a reach could he not be a reach you know the hustle whatever like i said in the last episode but take the draft grades if you are one of those people that are listening to us and you just want to go shoot the shit in the garage like you know some things because we obviously do not. So pretend you do uh, tread lightly with graph, draft grades, you know, stick to names, stick to specifics. Yeah. yeah. Kenyon Green definitely won. He was a second rounder in the projections and he got drafted by your boys at 15. We're not talking about the Texans yet. That's uh, saving I'll, that for no. no I wasn't. I was. Talk, I was talking about specific names, like you told me to. So that's what I was yeah. doing there. Uh, speaking of dessert, what do you got the palate on this glass, there, buddy? So I think it's like the maker's traits. Maker's never drinks as proofy as it shows on the bottle. You get honey, cinnamon, kind of a big ready gummy taste to it. Mildly viscous, even for 110 proof. But there's that bourbon spice. Like it's a, a sweet spice, if you will. You just can't be mad at this. It's not the best tasting whiskey I've ever had. Grade wise, I'd probably give it a B to a B plus. Love that bottle. Um, so was Jack Daniels the one that I've always said it just feels like you're licking the inside of the toasted barrel? I mean, that would make sense. 
because that's what it is. It is what it is. It's like licking the toasted barrel. You got some heat on the tongue for 80 proof. It tastes like the coal mines of Tennessee. Um, yeah, I mean, it's Jack. it tastes like Jack. I think Jack's one of those that it's made the name for itself. Like, it tastes like Jack Daniels. Um, I'll keep it simple. B minus. Once again. Is it with or without the memories? memories? Okay. Without the memories. Okay. Without the memories, without the Eric Church, without the Sinatra, without the amazing documentary that we've talked about before. Go back, look at our episodes. B minus on the palette. All right. So then let's go ahead and get into our losers, our fourth dram, if you will. The NFL draft overall, people who had some opportunities and maybe should uh, learn from the lessons they made in the past, learn from the mistakes they made in the past. But I think we could probably both agree, and we already talked about it earlier, Malik Willis probably is the biggest loser and not in the fun like weight loss game show way. So I read something, and don't quote me on this, but that he went from a projected $350 million earning quarterback as a first-rounder to probably a lifetime $35 million quarterback. What are your thoughts? Well, well it can't be a lifetime, because if he goes out there and tears it up, he can always get that new contract for the new team. Uh, goes back to projections, right? Right. Well, it, once it, it goes back to draft gate, gr- grades, win or loss, loss, yes, you had to wait the next day, uh, almost like next, next day. Uh, but then you talk about where he ended up. Like, is that best for him? Is he one injury away from taking that franchise over? Are the Titans the worst team to be the quarterback for right now where you just have to turn around, hand the ball off to Derrick Henry, and then you're making defenses like, oh, if he doesn't have the ball off, guess what? He can run or he could throw. I mean, I, I, that's what it depends what you're talking about there. Now, yes, obviously it was a little depressing for the kid probably, but at the end of the day, he looked like he enjoyed it. He had the tears. He had the face like, okay, We're going to prove people wrong. So sad day for him is that he dropped from a potential, what was it, top 10. Uh, But then, you know, light at the end of the tunnel maybe. And, yeah, he's going to have to work harder to get that next payday because it's not going to be first-round money. But, I mean, we'll see. To be determined. Because, remember, I was saying the Panthers could take him at six. And if you're like, do you want to be in Tennessee right now or do you want to be in Carolina? Now, your boy Tannehill. What? Okay, let me ask you this, because this is this is a good question. There were the people that were chewing him apart because he said, I'm here to compete with him. I'm not here to mentor him. There were there would be some that would say that's a winner's attitude. Like, yeah, cool. Why would you want to? And then he, what they did was they took the, the clip. But what they didn't finish it off is he does say that if he does learn things from him, great. Right. Very similar to, you know, Brett Favre kind of did the same thing, right? Like, I'm not here to to babysit. I'm not here to coach. Like, so what's your perspective on it? 
So I would say this, I mean, talking about Malik Willis being unlucky, <clears throat> we're talking about $350 million projected lifetime earnings versus 35 million by dropping that far. But to your point, Hunter, completely agree. He could take over a franchise with a break of a leg. Tom Brady did it, right? It, it's not unheard of. He could be making $375 million off of a contract that is yet to be started. 05 to 0.08% of high school players make it to the NFL. Like that is ridiculous. The fact that he made it this far on his own earnings, playing at Liberty of all places and getting drafted in the NFL. You remember the last Liberty player that got drafted? Uh, I think it was the Liberty Bell, Philadelphia. Yeah, I think that's exactly who it was. I really don't even know because I'm not even going to spend the time to look it up is what I'm getting at. Like that's a huge accomplishment. So when you say, does Ryan Tannehill have a requirement to train him? No, I don't think he does. But I don't think he needs to, right? Um, I think when you talk about Malik, I think you're looking at a kid who obviously has beaten the odds at every turn um, from the standpoint of like percentages, percentage-wise. And if he's going to make it, it's not going to be because Ryan Tannehill man- mentored him. Tannehill's an Aggie. Love the dude. I think he's performed leaps and bounds over any expectations anybody had for him. He played wide receiver for God's sakes until his senior or junior year um, of, uh, of college. Um, he was actually a backup quarterback, right? So dude can, can beat the odds, but I don't think he's probably the best mentor that Malik needs to become successful in the NFL. I guess that's what I'm driving at is who fucking cares. I like it. you ended that perfectly. I like that. Who cares? Regardless, I don't think Tannehill should have been. He got too much attention for it. Is what I'm saying. I agree with you because everybody wants a soundbite, right? Uh, and then you know, like I said, it's hard to say draft losers because these guys can go on to do great things. I will. So what I do is I take the perspective. I see what social media is saying, and I do have, as we know, where we live a high number of Cowboy fans on our social media, especially Facebook, people that I can call, text whenever I want, you know, get some insight. Tyler Smith was not a sexy pick for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I don't even think it was who they wanted to be on the line. We get it. They need to revamp the line. That was the bread and butter a couple of years ago when they made that run. Um, We're just but getting- it wasn't an exciting pick. Cowboy, The Cowboys front office, I think they thought they were drafting Tyrone Smith 2.0. I think that's what they thought his name was, and that's why they d- drafted him. P- possibly. Jerry's had a rough week. Uh, he put his draft card on, and then he got in a T-bone wreck. So, uh, uh, yeah. But it, it, there was even like, okay, so we're totally just giving up because we didn't do anything in free agency, and then we didn't go out there and get a big name, which, like I said, this guy can be the foundation to the O-line in a couple of years. You don't know. I don't know what uh, you're talking about, dude. They got a third-round wide receiver and a fourth-round tight end. Those are definitely going to be playmakers in 10 years. Well, Texans did something very similar. So, um, Patriots were another ones that get chewed up. The only reason I bring that up because it's like, do you insult Bill Belichick at this point? Because they took an old I don't know if that was like, from a, like a real question or not. I like I like they were like really like who are these guys? But that's how Bill Belichick has built his career with who are these guys' names. So 
I, I, I tossed them in here just because, like I said, I'm going off of the reactions I got. So this is what I've got to talk about. But yeah, from what I'm seeing, losers with a question mark, just kind of what we've gotten from negative feedback. Um, would you like to chime in or do you want me to go into how my Texans did in the draft? No, I want to set you up for this because it, this is this is the transition period for you listen to Dick as a fan, right? And I think if you live in Texas, you would listen to us. We look at like the percentage and the geographical representation of most of our listeners in a high percentage of y'all are in Texas, California. Um, I don't know why the California comes through, but whatever. Uh, Texas specifically, like this is where I'm at mentally. I've always said I'm a resentful Cowboys fan, and I really am. Um, I love the franchise because that's what I grew up with. You know, I miss the Troy Aikman days. Uh, I I miss the Romo days when we all thought we had a chance. But this draft for me was just another nail in the already buried coffin that the Jones family, as long as they are in charge, are never going to have their the Cowboys' true best interests ahead of them because as much as Jerry likes to be king of the NFL, you know, the king of the GMs, he's not good at this. He's not good at it. He fired, like, one of the winningest, winningest um, uh, head coaches to replace him with who? A guy that won a Super Bowl with the – Previous guy's team. Yeah, exactly. All right, Jimmy Johnson. All right, cool. And who did he fire Jimmy Johnson for? Barry Switzer. Mm-hmm. And after that? Uh, was it Dan Campbell? Exactly. Barry Switzer was only like important because of Oklahoma, right? So I, I guess what I'm getting at is I really don't believe that as long as the Jones family is either in charge or owns or is making decisions for the Cowboys that they're going to have a shot in hell. So what I'm getting at in my setup for you is Kurt, do you know what I bought last week? Uh, I mean, you already know what I bought, but well, you I buy a lot of things. You, I do, you, I, you like to brag. I don't like to brag. I like to, um, I was like, Hey, I bought this expensive thing, man. It's called retail therapy. I thank you. Um, oh, okay. I brought my, bought my first piece of Texan swag. I bought a hat. That hat was swag. I loved it. Mm-hmm. And and that's it. You're, we're going to a game next year because I go. am going to buy a replacement jersey this year, and I'm going to tell you who it's going to be. Wait, is it a replacement, or do you get a one-for-one one, uh, switch out? I wish they would do that. They really should do that. I mean, I don't see the problem. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> get a line going. Just switch them out. We deserve it. Um just poke some okay. holes in it. It'd be good to go. I've, I, I've said good things and I've said bad things about Jerry Jones. I mean, he's put good teams on this, you know, the the field obviously throughout the years. To Dion Primetime, you know, he put that little sure. crew together at the beginning. It's been a while, but then this does, does that fall back into the realistic like expectations? It's hard to win a Super Bowl, and yes, when you win that many, it seems easy. But anyway, I. But here's the thing: Jerry, is like Jerry Jones talks too much shit to be. As shitty as he is. Is it Jerry or is it the Cowboy fans? Oh, no, dude. I mean, it's the Cowboy fans feed off of Jerry. Jerry gets up there. And I'm going to mark it right now. The schedules get released. You know who has the weakest schedule during the regular season? The Cowboys. The Cowboys. So what's going to happen? 
They're going to kick ass through the NFC East again. They're going to beat the shitty teams, and they're going to go into the playoffs, and it's going to be the same thing. We're awesome. We're going to the Super Bowl. We beat subpar teams. Woohoo! And it's going to be a cycle. It's a cycle. Same but thing. I, I'm, I'm I, saying it right now. I, I'm not. I'm not arguing with you, but I am going to draft Dak this year because he's going to have some stupid ass numbers. Yeah, I mean, look at the teams he's playing against. I mean, but it's Just, bad when exactly. people are already questioning, like, hey, are the Eagles going to compete against the Cowboys in the NFC East? Um, okay, so I'll go across uh, and stick with the hometown. The consensus was a B plus. Do draft grades mean anything? Who knows? As in, in 10 years, they do. In two years, if you're the Bengals. Um, <laughs> so I said I didn't want any reaches. I wanted some safe picks. For the most part, the Texans did do that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to break them down because I, I was glued to the draft. They had to pick the one guy at number three. That just they just had to do it because the Texans wouldn't they couldn't just Thibodeau I would have been fist pumping sauce I would have been fist pumping like I was they had to pick the one guy that made me go I texted you I was like if they take Stingley I'm gonna have to take a lap but it's gonna be like a damn it like why did they do that to me like I wasn't pissed I was optimistic but they just couldn't they had to do that to me like he's he was a stud. He can be a stud. But could they have gotten him at 15 or 13 or whatever no. without dad? No. Okay. No, I don't think so. Um, so, yeah, they had to do that to me. Kenyon Green, once again, they don't get Hamilton. And then I'm like, but we need help on the O-line. So they take him and it's like, so I don't know. So I will say this. Like, I watched Kenyon Green play for four years as an AM fan. Like, watched every game. The dude is solid, but here's the thing. He's a B-plus lineman, but he can play every position. He can play center. I've seen him play guard. I've seen him play tackle. The dude is versatile as hell. <clears throat> and so, and that's yeah, and that's what I'll say. The Texas did fit the needs that they needed, yeah. and it's like, so, like, yes, he may have been, like, the 25th ranked guy on some guy's board, but what did the Texans need? Yeah. And then you start playing that game. They could have got sauce at – you know, three, and then they could have got an O-lineman. But then it's like, Derek Steenley could be a dude. Green's going to be a dude. And then, you know, it started getting a little bit, you know, Baylor safety is exciting. Michi, I don't hate it. He was a great player before the knee injury. Like, they just made all I, these picks that make you go, okay. Mark my words. I think, I feel like, I feel like Michi is going to be, I feel like he's going to be a dude. I, I think really do. that's the thing. I they have a lot of guys. Steel. He should have been a, if he had been healthy, he had been a first rounder. Yeah. But that, that was my whole reaction. Like I wasn't disappointed, but then it's like, okay. So if you do two things, if you take sauce at three instead, and if you take spiller over Pierce, like, I don't think I, I think I'm like, Oh hell yeah. But I'm still like, Oh hell yeah. But cause Pierce, I was texting you right before. I'm watching films of Spiller and Pierce the next the night before, and I'm going back and forth like, oh, because we had like the second pick or the third pick to start the second day or third day. 
And I'm like, I want one of these guys. But and and then you know that video of Pierce just helmet coming off and him still going to the end zone just gets me jacked to shit. So I was like, I want that guy. But then I'm like, oh, Spiller was pretty solid at AM for all those years. So it it was just one of those drafts where you're just like, huh. Uh, yeah, but I am excited. A lot of these guys you're going to see on the field, they're going to get a lot of time in the preseason and they're going to get a lot of time in this first year. And so far, even though there is still like every 10th website, there is still a Baker to the Texans possible mention. They've yet to mess with Davis Mills. Let him do his thing. Let Michi be healthy. Let's see how that goes. Let's see what Pierce does. And yeah, it's, there's excitement there. I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit um, like you made the decisions. But do you know what I just looked at? I'm like looking at this, and I was like, man, there's a theme here. 66%. Do you know what they – 66% of these players have something in The common. Texans? Yep. There's two things they have in common. They were all almost like SEC heavy. That's what I was That's Well, that was say. the funny thing. Like they're 66% SEC. of them are SEC players. And like Starters. three of them are from Houston, maybe four. Like, and we always say, like, where where do there's so there's two states that well, three if you count California, but I'm not talking about y'all. Two states that are primary breeding grounds for football talent, and it's Texas and Florida, right? Florida's a speed state, still is, whatever it may be. But some of your best players, best quarterbacks specifically in recent years have come out of Texas. But you have some dudes that play in Houston. Like, you've coached. You know what it is. Like, there's some dudes in Houston. And I no, think that, – It's hard to hate this. Like, I wanted Derek Stingley jersey. I'm going to wreck it. I'm going to go out there. But then again, I wanted Dylan Petrie jersey from Baylor. Like, he was five minutes away from the stadium when he got drafted. Pierce, <laughs> Pierce said that he heard that Texas has like fine women and I don't know it was like something else and I was like how do you you how do you not get pumped for these guys like H Town hold it down let's go out there and like I, I you've got to be realistic to where yeah six or seven this years seven six or seven years please no six or seven wins this year would be great in the the, the right direction I you know if, and then I think if Davis Mills like has a you could, you could honestly, you could, you could hope for, you could hope for a wild card. That's a stretch. That, that would be happen. a great year, and that's the thing. It's going to all evolve around the production of Davis Mills because then that. But you get, he's got, you got him things. But you got him things. You got him two offensive linemen or a tackle and an O lineman because really, like I said, Green can play anywhere. But you got him a weapon, and you got him a running back. Like you got him some stuff to play with, like. This is exactly what Baltimore did not do for Lamar Jackson. So if I'm Mills, I'm I'm pretty happy. Yeah, but but here's the thing. So they're kind of in a perfect situation here because five or six wins is what's expected. Give these guys a time to grow. Davis Mills has has to prove that he's the guy, though, simply for the fact that next year's QB class is stacked like cj oh yeah bryce young like they're gonna be on the board in like he's gotta there's gotta be no doubt he can't have like a Tannehill year he has to prove that he's the dude or they're gonna get one of these guys next year so he has to have 
let, let's make this realistic here, right? He's got to have a Mac Jones year, not a Brian Hauer year. I don't even know. I, I don't even know. Like, I don't know if you have a Brian Hoyer. <laughs> I don't know if you have a Mac Jones. If the, I mean, because you're talking about like uh, Bryce Whiskey. Young. I love Bryce Young. Like, he looks good. And some people were saying Stroud over him. I don't know. But if both those guys are on the board. So if if unfortunately, I don't think it's going to happen because he's got Pep Hamilton. He's got another year. He's a Stanford dude. The last guy we saw slinging it from Stanford was named Andrew Luck. So I, I, I don't see Davis Mills falling flat. But let's say he does fall flat. Texans win four or five games. Those guys still get, you know production, get out there, experience. The only thing that the difference maker is Davis Mills takes a big step next year. You're a lot closer to a really good team two or three years down the road. You got to go get the rookie quarterback the year after you're starting over and the expectations are going to take a year back. You know, it's a, it's a long chain reaction, but either way, it's exciting times. So I got to ask you this. Like you got me kind of rolling here. Okay. So you're talking. I'm going to, I'm going to give the Texans that they have a mid round pick, right? Unless they trade up, they're not getting a, they're not getting a Stroud or a young. It's not happening. Right. They're going to play. Okay. So then it left, it gets left with a few other people. And let's say they've got a late round pick. Or they even have like a couple second round picks, which I think they do. How pissed would you be if they pulled a Spencer Rattler's Rattler card? I'm I'm not gonna entertain that thought. No, please entertain it. Come on, this is for the people. So that's obviously gonna depend. If Spencer Rattler has another year like he did last year, he's not gonna be there. And if they did take him, it would be for a backup role. He's playing the SEC East. I mean, he plays Vanderbilt. Great. He got, he got uh, him a few good games. But here's the thing. Spencer Rattler's not even – there are some people that are saying Strout and Young aren't even the top two. That um, Old boy from Kentucky. Will, will uh, Levis – Levi's? Levi's? Levis? Is it Levis? I have no idea. Oh, Will Levis, yep, yep, Will Levis. They're saying he can be number one, and then you have Van Dyke over at Miami. So there's there's a lot of moving parts there before you even get to old Spence Rattler, okay? So once again, I am not. I don't think I'll be worried about, oh, gosh, are the Texans going to take Spencer Rattler at this point next year? I, it's going to be more like, do I have another year of preparing myself with an exciting new quarterback, or is Davis Mills rocking and rolling and, hey, we're, we're going deep in the playoffs? I'm with you. I just want us to be able to come back to this episode and say, Dick said Spencer Rattler. I'm just, just, saying, just saying. You know, if Spencer Rattler goes and slangs and does his thing over there in the SEC East, I feel like the guy who does the SEC videos, um, you know, we'll see. I'm, I'm still out there on Spencer Rattler. You know, he was dealt a hard card over there with old boy Lincoln Riley. and Was he really? Yeah, maybe not. Maybe I'm just giving my hopes prepared that I have something to throw in your face when it does happen. He had an offensive produced back-to-back Heisman winners. Okay, well, he didn't get to finish the year out, so that's a big asterisk. (laughs) And whose fault Uh, was that? (laughs) Some guy by the name of Caleb Williams who doesn't even play there anymore. 
Uh, all right. But yeah, final thoughts on the draft, man. It was exciting. It looked awesome in Vegas. You texted me if we should eventually go. go. I think if it's a place like Dallas in the near future, absolutely. No, I only want to go if it's in Vegas. Are you kidding me? Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Miami? I would like to go. Miami sounds fun. We should call Will while we're down there. Smith? Oh, yeah. Sorry. More of a Chris Rock guy on that one. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, thoughts? No, I think we hit the nail on the head, man. Um, it was it was more exciting than I gave it credit for going into it. It was defensive heavy. I think I called that. Um, the quarterbacks did drop, but all in all, I mean, the vibe was good. I watched it, so I felt, uh, yeah, I felt entertained. Are you not entertained? I was. I, I am now. Uh, why don't you go ahead and entertain me with the uh, overall rating of that glass that I've had nothing to say but good things. A minus. I like it. I mean, I like it. It's a. It's a. It smells the, the smell beats the taste. The taste is not bad. It's an experience. It's a beautiful bottle. A minus. Why could you not? In the price point too, like. You can't say no to makers at the price point. It's not, it's 45, 50 bucks. Uh, the cast rate's not. The cast rate's like what, 35? Oh, yeah. 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 Because it's a smaller bottle, right? It's a 750. No. Yeah. Mm, 750. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to give Jack a B. Plus. I love it. I mean, there's so much there. There's the price, there's the taste, there's the tradition, there's the most recognizable bottle, I would argue with many people. Um, and then at the end of the day, you just kind of grow to love it and it just gets the job done. And like I've said before in previous episodes, if it was, you know, Mickey Blue Eyes go to, then there's nothing wrong with that in my book. Uh, so yeah, a good old B plus for the good old Jack Daniels. Tennessee sour mash whiskey. All right. So Kurt, let's go ahead and get it across that goal line, man. You want to get us give us our recap? Absolutely. We shot the shit for a little while, which we're just trying to let our listeners kind of get to know us a little bit more. We talked a little bit about the NBA. We talked a little Kentucky Derby, and then we gave you our overall thoughts on how the draft went. Winners, losers with a question mark, picks we liked. And uh, gave you the ratings on two classic drinks that you can go into your liquor store and get today, right now. Both enjoyable, both good prices. Hope you grab one of them, enjoy them with your friends. Dick, hit him with the socials one more time. All right, Kurt. So, Drammers, as always, make sure you're following us on all the social media applications. The Instagram is the best way to follow us at 4THDRAM. And make sure you, uh, you know, like subscribe all that fun stuff on all of your favorite podcast streaming apps as well as youtube um, but for podcasts we're on apple Podcasts, spotify google podcast audible Castbox, etc etc pretty much anywhere you can think to look something up just google it and you'll know a little bit about about us but i think the most important thing to really hammer home here is make sure you're telling your friends about us we want to grow the show we enjoy interacting with you. We want to, you know, have conversations with our listeners and we want to know what you're feeling. So tell your friends about us, send us an email at fourthramandgoal at gmail.com. Let us know what you're thinking and we will do our best to bring up your topic for discussion and maybe even get you, give you a shout out if Kurt doesn't want to steal your thunder. So 
With that being said, uh, Kurt, why don't you go ahead and give us a quote of the episode, sir? Absolutely. Just because I mentioned him in the show and he's one of my favorite athletes of all time, the great Brett Favre once said, every game I've ever played, regardless if it was preseason or the Super Bowl, meant the same to me, and I laid it all on the line. So whether you're making that morning coffee, whether you're playing with the kids, or whether you're making that career decision, give it your all, try your best, live your life, enjoy a good glass every now and then, hang out with us. To the next snap and the next dream. Drink on, drammers. Drammers.